0: And welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Roziel, and I'm the host of the show where I get to have conversations with Olympic athletes, hopefuls, and legends on their story and path to the games. Today, we have Kate Ziegler of USA Swimming, two time Olympic athlete, five time world champion, and all around great human being. Kate was so much fun, super charismatic. Just a total joy to talk to. Um, She started swimming at a relatively young age, but really started her international career at a very young age, at 15. Um, Has a world record to her name, which Katie Katie Ledecky eventually broke, which is pretty darn cool if you ask me. But she was just so much fun to talk to about her career, about both the games, what she's doing now after she retired, her little comeback that she had along the way. Um, Awesome, awesome person. Really, really hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Kate. All right, today's special guest, Kate Ziegler of USA Swimming, Olympic athlete, Olympic legend, Olympic legend. Born June 27th, 1988 in Fairfax, Virginia, started swimming at the age of six, and her international career started a short nine years later at 15, broke the longest standing world record for the 1500-meter freestyle, attended the 08 Games, as well as the 2012 Olympic Games is a five-time world champion and a 15-time medalist in the interna- in international competitions and is currently a high performance coach and speaker Kate we finally did it we're here thank you for having thank you for hanging out with me today i appreciate it
1: Hey, Michael, my pleasure. I'm so glad after a little technical difficulties, couldn't hold us back. It, could,
0: it, it almost so did, a here. couple times, almost <laughs> almost a couple times. But we're here now, and that's all that matters. Um, yeah. So, again, sincerely appreciate it. The pleasure is all mine. I'm not going to the Olympics as an athlete anytime soon, unless it's in another life, um, and hopefully it's still a long time away. But um, we're definitely, obviously, we're here to talk about your story. You got some cool things Been the Olympics twice. So, I mean, starting at six and then making it to the international scene let's call it just to sound really cool by 15 i mean what you normally you hear kids start swimming at like one year old now right two years old they kind of throw them in a pool and see what happens i know some of my friends that had kids they've done that um that doesn't seem like it was the case for you but you know definitely would love to hear kind of that early part and and getting into the sport of swimming a little bit
1: Sure, thanks. Uh, So you know I started out loving the water. Uh, I grew up in a neighborhood where we were able to go to a a neighborhood local pool. Summer league swimming was really big in the northern Virginia area where I'm from. Um, And so I just loved the water but had no grandiose dreams of going to the Olympics or anything like that. So my start didn't come um, from from a big dream or much less uh, a lineage of swimmers in my family. Uh, it started, I, I love the water, and my parents thought it would be a good idea to have some structure to the summers. Um, my older sister was on the team, and just like any little sister, I wanted to be just like Anne, my big sister. And so, um, you know, I got into swimming because of a bribe. She came home one day with a brand new swim team swimsuit, which I thought was amazing. And so at six years old, I just ran to my parents with, was like, I want it too, can I please have it? Well, of course, they explained to me that you have to be a member of the team to have the suit. And they said, but you're old enough. You can join. I was like, "Uh-uh, not a chance. Like coach is going to be mean. I'm going to have no friends. Practices are going to be too hard. I'm going to drown. Like I'll be the worst on a team. Do you want me to die? was basically like, I was like, this is a terrible idea. Um, Six-year-old so, Kate
0: was pretty dramatic. Jeez. Okay.
1: I was anxious and dramatic. I was uh, yeah, very uh, certain. <laughs> In Northern <laughs> Virginia, where we have like very few hurricanes, mm-hmm. tornadoes come through. Uh, I was yep. always—I was the kid who was like, "What if our our house <laughs> go, burns to the ground? What if uh-huh. a tornado takes us out?" Yeah, I was, like, was a little dramatic.
0: Uh, safe than um, sorry. Let's blame it on safe than sorry. Anyway.
1: There you go. There you go. Oh, but but you know, despite all those fears, my parents were really really supportive from me, even that early age, and they said, you know. You don't have to join, but if you want to give it a try, um, you know, we'll be there at that beginning of the season picnic with you. We'll be there at the meets, at the practices. And, and all you have to do is just give it a try. Just give it a shot. Because they knew that about me, that I was a very scared mm-hmm. and shy kid. But that once I got into it, I, I always fell in love. Mm-hmm. Or I always it always worked out better, at least in the years. And so, um, so I gave it a shot. And as you say, the rest is history and the coach was great and um you know, I made wonderful friends, practices were hard, but where people are always surprised is I, I was actually pretty darn bad Was <laughs> the worst on the team. And so Were you um, were you the
0: youngest on the team or or was there like an age group for six year olds, I guess, or
1: No, there there wasn't. Good question. I was the youngest and um and I had a gnat for the water, so I, I improved fairly quickly. Um but but i i was just i never saw myself as younger than everyone else i was just like oh i want to be like my big sister so i'll just hang with her and hang with the kids and and so i pretty quickly was able to to build a little community and settle mm-hmm.
0: into the team that's awesome yeah i mean it's it's always funny how these little tiny things lead to so much more i mean just with mm-hmm. you know getting to speak with incredible people like yourself all the time just those little um you know, this, this is a good one. Just because you wanted the swimsuit, you then, you know, a couple of years down the road become a two-time Olympian, right? Um, I mean, there was some stuff in between, and we'll get there. But, um, you know, it's always, I always love, like, those fork-in-the-road stories. Like, you easily, easily could have. Your parents could have been like, no, it's okay. Or you could have been like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. And six-year-old Kate would have made the wrong decision, but instead she made the right decision. And that led you to here today hanging out with me while there's a little bit of construction noise in the background. And there's nothing wrong with that. People will enjoy it. Maybe we can have people sound off in the comments to see you know, what might be happening to Kate's house right now. But, um, so I, that, that is just fantastic. And the opportunities, obviously, that came from it. Um, so how how quickly, I mean, a nine-year rise to the interna- international um, competition, when did it actually start to be like, I don't want to say legitimate because it was always legitimate, but when was it really like, okay, you know, you've got something and your parents and your coaches were like, there's really something here that, you know, we can continue to push a little bit more because, you know, all parents think their kids are the best, right? I'm sure they thought that about your sister. I'm sure that my parents thought that about me when I played baseball. Um, when was it or, or what was it that really set your parents off or your coaches off to say like, let's, let's really take a look at this and see what can happen?
1: yeah yeah you know it's funny you talk michael about the forks in the road and there were multiple times in my career where there were those times when i i I could have very well gone a different direction at 10 years old when i had to age up from going just 25s to 50s i almost quit swimming uh, which is ironic for a distant swimmer but it was when i was 12 years old that there was another pivot point and that's when i started training with the coach Ray Vinecki, who I trained with the the majority of my career. And, you know, I'd be going to practice every day. And I kid you not, I couldn't make an interval. I was going last in the slowest lane. I was a sprinter training in a distance program. And um, there were a lot of times where I was like, I I just can't keep up. What am I doing? But I I did have a few things going for me. My supportive parents, um, who knew nothing about swimming, I will say, and, and then this coach who believed in me even be- before I was willing to believe in myself. And then my own willingness to to just keep fighting, right? And so it was when I was 12, slowest in the lane that my coach, Ray, pulled me aside one day and said, Kate, you're gonna be really, really great. I was like, Ray. Hey,
0: thanks, I'm coach. I'm not making the
1: intervals. Like, <laughs> if that's your pep talk, thanks. But, and and uh, and so he said, no, seriously, you know, Sit down. We're going to have a goal meeting. We're going to talk through this. You can really, really be great. Call it naivete or just, you know, just uh, uh, someone, the power of someone believing in you. But I bought in and my parents, um, they didn't necessarily see the vision because we didn't know what that vision was, but they were great to say, okay, tell us what you need. Uh, that means wake up at 345 to go to morning practice. Okay. Let's do that at 12 years old. You know, that means coming back in the afternoon to go to another practice. Okay, we're in for whatever that is that you want. And it was amazing um, in my mile, within six months, I dropped six minutes. Whoa. Yes, six six minutes in six months. And so at 13 years old, that was when it all of a sudden became like, hmm, wow, okay, you're dropping significant chunks of time. I'm now starting to knock on the doors of U.S. Open, Junior Nationals, U.S. Nationals, Um, all meets that I I Mm -hmm. had never heard of, but all of a sudden became a part
0: of my world. That's So first off, shout out to your parents. They are incredible human beings. Mm -hmm. I've never met them, but to do anything and get up at 345 in the morning. I mean, you know, praise be to them. That's incredible. Uh, so yeah, I mean, again, like it's, it would have been so easy for your parents to be like 345. Like, come on, we could just do the afternoon practice. Like we don't need to be there at 430 in the morning or whatever time we had to be there. Like that seems excessive. Um, especially at 12, right? Like some parents would consider that like, that's, you know, we don't need to push our kid that much one practice a day, you know? So, but it's awesome that they let you do what it sounds like what you wanted to do What the coach thought was correct. And again, look at where we are. So that is, that is pretty incredible. So thank you to them for, uh, for being as dedicated. And I mean, I just think it's, I mean, six minutes. So my girlfriend's a swimmer. She, she loves it. She does it. She did it in high school, didn't do it in college, but that's her, you know, preferred workout. So every day after work, she goes, she swims for an hour or whatever it is. She tells me her times, but they mean nothing. I just say congratulations. Um, and you know, so, but Six minutes in six months—that's insane. Like I don't know, whatever you're doing, if you can chop off six minutes in six months, clearly something is happening. Um, What? What would you? What? what contributed to that the most? Was it just the extra hours in the pool? Was it the specific coaching style or what the, the technique he taught you? Or, you know, the fact that you were going from 12 to 13, normally that's when people grow and get bigger and, you know, can figure out their bodies more. So what, like, I'm assuming it's a little bit of each, but what would you say is the biggest contributing factor for you being able to succeed as much as you did at that young of an age? Yeah,
1: yes to all of the above. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it was, I kinda thought if, so. I, if I had to choose one, maybe two things. It was first that um, in all fairness, when I, that first bar that I set was first time I swam the mile. And as with anything we do, but certainly distance swimming, it's so much about strategy and just learning how to pace a race. So part of it was um, a combination of understanding how to start swimming distance with a strategy and a pace along with the training to back that Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, uh, you know a, a coach just pushing me to mm-hmm. my limit on a daily basis, um, whereas I, I I have been pushed before, but never like that,
0: not quite like that no, and I, I could I can see that and understand that, so you do start as you said, you start knocking on the door of the, some of these incredible events, you know national events, international events what, again, at 13, like, what is that like hearing like, oh, you know, you should go to the US Open, you should go to junior nationals, like, what are you thinking? Like, what's going through your mind? You know, 13 year old Kate is probably just like, oh, this sounds like fun. But like, what are your parents? What are the emotion? What's the atmosphere around all of this? Because that's pretty big, especially at such a young age.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was big. It was big, especially for a family that didn't have exposure to that my mom was not an athlete at all my dad was a a very good basketball player and a golfer but again never in swimming and never at that level and so um i think my parents and to be quite honest myself and my coach all were sort of learning this at the same time and we're kind of like okay this is just we're one step at a time we just know that this is the next thing we do um i was really fortunate to have an older swimmer on my team who became a mentor to me. Uh, she was four years older than me, Kathy, and um, and she really took me under her wing. She had been to US Open before, and as we went to World Cups and started traveling for more uh, meets, it was really wonderful to have her there, if nothing else than to just be someone else on the pool deck saying, hey, good luck. This is just like any other meet. We're gonna have fun. Um, and again, you know, shout out to my parents. They they were so good in helping me stay grounded through that whole process and reminding me, Hey, this is for fun. You know, Hey, you're going to be okay. This is like when you're that six year old little girl again, because at 13 I was still like that six year old little girl nervous. Cause I was all of a sudden traveling for all these meets and maybe the only one or just along with Kathy for these meets. And so my mom would go to all the, all my races, um, all the travel meets. She was oftentimes my roommate, um, but she would also step back and say, hey, this is for you, wherever you want me to to play in that. So that atmosphere still stayed very much within our family. It stayed very much within this close little um, community that I'd formed with my coach and, and Kathy and then my mom and obviously my dad supporting it. And what it was was I think this sort of um, blissful ignorance Mm -hmm. that I lost later in my career that as I look back on it, I think was really a huge contributing factor to why I improved so quickly. It's just because every time I got up on the blocks, even if it was at US nationals, it was just like, oh, well. Let's just see. Let's just see swimming. what happens. I great, love true. swimming. I'm mm-hmm. in a race. I love that. And oh, by the way, I I get to go to Mall of America after the meet cuz I been in Minnesota. And that's <laughs> cool, or you know, it was that it was that young um innocent spirit about it.
0: Yeah, sometimes that's, you know, ignorance is bliss, man. There's like something about it where you know, you know too much too close to the forest to see the mm-hmm. trees. Like we can throw a lot of, you know, clichés out there, but it is it is a very very true thing. Um I feel like sometimes when I learn more about something that I'm doing, I actually, I'm like, wait, how the heck can I do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, when in reality is if I didn't know that information, I just would have kept chugging along and probably would have been totally fine. So it's uh it's very interesting how that works. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that that is just so cool. Obviously that support system, shout out Kathy. Thank you again to her uh, for doing what she did. But I mean, I just think it's so cool that you had that, system you had all these people around you that really didn't know enough either and that might have really been super beneficial especially with your parents your coach like probably made it a little bit easier on everybody because as you said everyone just like all right we'll just do this next that's what we're supposed to do so we'll just go do it um so at, at 15 uh was the start of your international career what do you remember that race and where was it please don't say like canada or something like i want it to be like europe or like and we're in South America, maybe, or...
1: Well, so technically, technically, my first international competition were, would have been a World Cup. Okay. But, you know, that was in Long Island, New York, so we're gonna... Oh, okay, were right, all right all, gonna...
0: right, all right, all right,
1: um, But... Much cooler was my first international uh, competition representing the United States, which was on the junior national team, mm-hmm. and that was in Australia.
0: There we go. That's so a real place. I love it. Cool.
1: One of my favorite places. Um, such a, a, a it's a it's a country I just is near and dear to my heart for many reasons, um, but certainly because uh, it, there were so many paramount swims in my career that took place there. Mm-hmm. So, and that was,
0: that was the kickoff. Of it. Second home. I like that. That's very cool. And like, what was, what was that like when you were there, like putting on the red, white and blue and really like, I'm a representation of the entire country right now. I'm you and your teammates, obviously, but like, what is, what is that like? And is that a weight? Is that, is that a feather? Like, is that wings? Like, what is that like when you have that type of opportunity? Yeah.
1: Especially that first time. Um, it was surreal. It, it was, I didn't understand um, just what it meant to put on that USA swimming cap. Um, but it was the start of what became um, really th- the proudest moments of my career or not representing myself, but representing my country, representing in, in, in so far as putting on that cap, it wasn't just even my country. It was my teammates, my family, my friends, my coaches. It, it was all of that. And at that point, it wasn't pressure, it was strictly mm-hmm. just pride and joy and gratitude um as much as a fifteen year old can
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. can can
1: can experience you know, um and I remember being there and uh our coaches saying for the first time, you know, we are representing three hundred million people strong when we come here in everything that we do in every interaction, in every swim in every conversation um and so just make the country proud and and uh It was something that I think even to this day, whether it was at that meet or at the Olympics, that I'll never fully be able to articulate just how Mm -hmm powerful that is
0: yeah that is awesome that is awesome congratulations i mean that is just so cool and and that's why i like to have these conversations because you get to hear something like that so i think that is awesome did you did you get a medal or or how did you finish in in that first one I did. yeah
1: i did yeah and i went um i went all best times i i yeah i was super super excited
0: sounds like some adrenaline was pumping through your veins i'd say huh oh
1: yeah (laughs) oh yeah yeah it was a, a, a a the sweet cocktail mix of pure and utter fear and terror like do not let everyone down yep, yep. and this is the coolest thing ever just go right yeah.
0: yeah that is awesome yes uh what is it hungry dogs run faster and uh people run faster when they're scared so uh, i always <laughs> i always like to hear that um so that was around the age of 15 um a couple years later i guess around 19 ish is when you broke janet evans longest standing record. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so. Going from 15 to 19, I mean, again, only a couple years, but it sounds like there was some crazy significant improvement in that time. And I'm assuming it's a lot of the same—just doing the work, being who you are, putting in the energy, the coaching. When you got to like, when did you know that that record? uh, Do you what? What is the record, or what was the record?
1: Um, The record was 1552, and I went
0: 1542. Oh wow! Okay, that's Pretty significant. Um, When did you know that it was like kind of within arm's reach or when did you start to see like, when did, when was that the goal? It's like, Hey, let's, let's see if I could take this down. Um,
1: You know, it's interesting, Michael. It wasn't the goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never set that as the goal. I guess it became more realistic when um, I was in at world championships, racing the 1500 um, against haley Pearsall, incredible incredible uh, distance swimmer, and she just she just was such a tough competitor, and we both became the i guess the second and third women to go under sixteen minutes mm-hmm. um, in the fifteen hundred and all of a sudden that big barrier mm-hmm. became not so big, and then it was like, oh well we're in the fifties now we're in fifteen fifties so it's not that far away to say yeah. 1552, right? And I attribute that swim just to her com- incredible competitiveness and, and really just pushing us. Um, and so that was the year prior to, to that um, swim. And so I think that was probably a big part of it. Um, I think from there, the time when it really became real was I was at world championships in, um, in Melbourne, Australia. And I missed breaking the world record by, I think it was like seven or eight tenths of a second in the 1500. Ooh, and so that's when it became, um, okay, now if I just go best time, mm-hmm.
0: I'll break it. Yeah, right? yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. always
1: the goal was, okay, let's go for the best time, not what the record is. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you, you kind of crushed it. You beat it by 10 seconds. So that's pretty impressive. Um, what was that like when you did break it? Like I, I assume people were pretty excited. For, I'm sure you were excited for yourself. Like That had to be incredible.
1: Yeah, it, it was incredible. It was a shock, I'll tell you why. Um, because we were at a meet that we were not shaved, tapered, we were not rested at all. It was more or less a training meet in California. And um, it was the last day of the meet. I actually had begged my coach earlier that day to skip the race. Huh? because look at that. i was like we're in california the beach is down the street can we you know can we go and and he said no 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 you know let's let's see where you're at in your training um and you do so, this fast
0: enough you can just go right to the beach after how about right? that? that that's the motivation you just want to hang out on the beach look at that
1: right quicker you swim quicker yep. we're at the beach love right? it uh, well so i so i'm warming up and i felt horrible I couldn't hit a pace to save my life. I mean, I'm talking three, four seconds over my pace per hundred. And so you add that up over 15, one yeah. hundreds and you're like, Oh, this isn't going to go so high. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just having a good old time, talking to friends, listening to music, nearly miss the race because I'm chatting and just hanging out and they, you know, call me over to the, the ready area and we parade out. And again, I went in with that attitude of just, all right, let's see what happens. Um, let's just race to the best of my ability. And when I dove in, it was one of those in the zone moments um, where I was, like, I couldn't not go fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, at the 800 meter mark, I flipped and um, I looked at my split, which no swimmers, anyone listening to this, no swimmers should do this. Don't lift up and look at the board. It slows you down. But I, that's what I did. And um, I saw that I was Four seconds faster than I was at World Championships just a couple months prior Mm -hmm. when it um, when I don't when you
0: were yeah when when you almost broke it yeah
1: eight tenths off so I was like oh man only thought that goes through my head is just don't die (laughs) like just hang on just don't die the whole time like don't die don't die keep going and um and I it was it was really cool experience just everyone coming on the deck cheering me on um and the last fifty. I saw my coach and it was so interesting. It was like a snapshot pass him midway down the pool and he's not even cheering. He's just, his arms are just folded and he's just smiling. And it was like, oh, like everything we've done yeah. since you're, you were know, 12 it. years old, uh-huh. it was like, it's done. Like, and then like this sweet piece of like, it, it, it's just all coming together. The culmination of so many years of hard work. And so I, I got, I touched the wall, turned around, uh, just about leapt out of the water. Uh, coach came from behind, teammates all to give me a big hug. And it, it was just such a celebration. Um, I called my parents afterwards because they weren't there. And, and I said, Mom, Dad, I just broke world record. And, and they're like, No, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. It's like, No, no, no. And they're like, They started freaking uh-huh. out, of course. And so, that's incredible just a celebration, look you
0: know? at that and all you wanted to do is go to the beach maybe i think that's what it was you just wanted to hang out california go to the maybe. beach the quicker you swim the quicker you get to the beach i don't know Bingo. i don't know i and wasn't I, there but
1: well and I, I have to add michael and this is important and i just think speaks to how incredible the sport of swimming is and, and not just the sport but the people in swimming are um you know janet evans legendary uh, distant swimmer, American swimmer, you know. She called me um, when I was at the airport the next day to head back to Virginia. And she just said, you know, so excited for you, so proud of you. If it could have gone to anyone, I'm so glad it went to you. And just that we were able to pass along this mm-hmm. world record to another American. Yeah. And you're just, you know, I, I get goosebumps even thinking of it just cause she, she is just such a, a, a wonderful human being. Incredible mm-hmm. athlete, but just wonderful human being.
0: That makes it a little bit nicer. And I mean, so I don't know if I believe it all the time, but most people, mm-hmm. when they have their records broken, they're they're about it. Like some people, yeah. you can tell are like a little peeved, like oh, I kind of wish I still had that. But most people are like, that's awesome, like that's super yeah. cool. That means the sport is getting better. Like she did mm-hmm. this back in what? It, it was the longest standing record, correct? Uh, so she did it, it as yeah.
1: actually eighty eight. I think okay. it was broke.
0: so like you're 20 years yeah almost 19 Mm -hmm. years whatever it was like it's a good thing to have records broken because that means we're progressing in the sport and the sport's getting better right so it's Mm -hmm. cool but shout out to her holding it for 20 years that's pretty incredible um and how you do you still have the record or was it has been broken since
1: it has been broken it was broken by katie ledecky oh okay that's pretty solid yeah i guess that's pretty
0: solid if someone's gonna break it
1: Fingo, oh, yeah. And, and again, I'll, I always say this about, about Katie Becky as well. Uh, fin- just a phenomenal human
0: being. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: Legend, legend of the sport, but just phenomenal.
0: Legend now, let's see what she does in a couple months. I think that that uh, her and Michael Phelps will be on all the posters moving forward. Uh, no. So, no, I think yeah. it's incredible. That is that is awesome. So, in 07, you break the record. 08, um, getting ready for the games. Oh, it was in Beijing, correct? Yes. Okay. So with breaking the record, was that how much pressure or how much excitement, like what were the feelings around, okay, you made the games, you're, you're expected to do pretty darn well if you just broke the record a year earlier. Like what was that like in getting into the games and figuring everything out on that end? Was it media attention? Like what, what was happening um, on that front just a year later?
1: Yeah. Um, after breaking the record, there was obviously a lot of excitement yeah. around, um, my swimming, my career and what might come in the year of, in the, year of the Olympics. And, um, you know how Michael, I talked about how there was an ignorance and a joy mm-hmm. and just a blissfulness that I experienced in those early years of my career. Um, and there were pivot points, and that was breaking the record was one of the greatest accomplishments of my career, but also one of those pivot points. And this time, not necessarily a pivot point that went in a good direction. And what I mean by that was that ignorance and bliss sort of, uh, well, not just sort of, it completely transformed into what I perceived internally. I put a ton of pressure on myself mm-hmm. because the narrative was now Kate Ziegler, not just Olympic hopeful, but Kate Ziegler. Uh, favorite to win the yeah gold medal, gold
0: medal winner favorite yeah Kate, yeah
1: Kate Ziegler when will she break the world record in the eight hundred when will she do this and this and um I I think that one of my great strengths in swimming was the fact that I was able to just put my head down and go and train and work but when it came to and when it comes to to this day handling pressure and emotions and thoughts are self-talk, I think just putting to your head down doesn't always work. And so what ended up happening was I felt all this pressure and these expectations and little by little, got overwhelmed, lost that bliss, and instead exchange it for real fear and doubt that I just tried to ignore, mm-hmm. but that ended up really um, deteriorating my competitive spirit. And that fight that I always had Mm -hmm. and instead left me uh, getting on the blocks, terrified and, um, and not in the the headspace that I needed to be in to compete.
0: And that, and that makes sense. I mean, I don't know what I would do if I was a world record holder at something. And then the next year everyone was just like, well, it sounds like you're going to win it again. Like, yeah, I could see that being very pressure filled self doubt, as you said, like, because if you don't win, it's, it's immediately um you failed right like if you don't become first place if you don't break the world record again you essentially fail which is an insane bar to set for anybody anywhere right so you know it's just one of those things where yeah that's unfortunate so what what was your experience at the games i mean i think just making it to an olympic games is insane it's incredible you're one of the greatest athletes that ever existed um obviously with media attention and everything winning, you know, breaking the record medals are what NBC posts a thousand times a night. So that's all we all talk about and that's all we ever care about. Um, so, so what was your experience like in 08? I mean, you're 20 years old, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just trying to figure out what's like in China. Right. So like, what, what were you, what were you doing? What were you like was going through your head while you were there, like during the competition and then just the experience as a whole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The experience as a whole, awesome i mean the olympic games there is just nothing like it it's it is um incredible to bring the entire world of the greatest athletes greatest performers in the world all into one space um in a world that is so divided to be so connected and such a community it's incredible and um and to be a part of the greatest team Mm -hmm. you know biased here but yeah we can be biased here don't worry so so incredible Um, so there was that aspect of it. So there was the kind of, um, global aspect of it from a mindset standpoint where I was just soaking it all in it and just, this was incredible, but there was the internal sort of turmoil and, uh, internal battle that I was waging where every day that was closer and closer to performance time, race time, I was getting more and more concerned, more and more, um, really just. Uh, just so anxious mm-hmm. without feeling like I could let it out that by the time it came to race time, I think I'd used up half my energy, just uh, worrying. Mm-hmm. Um, and y- you know, you say something that I, I think is bears, Coming back to, and you said the if you don't win a medal, if you don't break the world record, you're automatically a failure. And unfortunately, that is the narrative mm-hmm. that I adopted. Um, and yet, it doesn't have to be that way. And it it, it runs so counter to what my parents always said was, like, you need to be a good person first. Mm-hmm. Swimming, whatever you do does not change who you are. Um, But I had allowed my identity to be so so defined by that performance that a a failure in swimming became a failure as a person, an indictment of my character and who I was. And um, I think we see that so often in sports and and in life really, we're defined by what we do. And so as we talk about kind of what that idea was or what that um, experience was at the Olympics, I was always, The more I heard like, oh, well, you're an Olympian, you're an Olympian. The more it felt like, yes, I'm an Olympian, but now I'm an Olympic failure Mm -hmm. because I didn't win that medal that I, I didn't win the gold. I didn't win the medal. And so I think that for me, the Olympics became kind of tainted because I didn't feel like I could talk about that incredible global experience and at the same time also talk about how I'd failed at it.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm,
1: So I, so I at the games and then afterwards kind of just tried to ignore that I was an a and mm-hmm. as sad as that is,
0: oh my goodness, yeah, no, hopefully uh, think thankfully you're you're here now, and we can talk about it, yeah. but that is just yeah i I mean, obviously I've never been there, I'll never be there. I don't really know what that's like, but I, I can only assume. Yeah, I mean, especially at 22, what, like 20 also, um, like that's just got to be so heavy at the time and really not knowing how to deal with it and not knowing who to talk to and there's just so many things and just ignoring the fact that, you know, you're one of the best athletes of that year hands down um, or those four years, um, you know, that's it's kind of sad, you know, mm-hmm. but I can see where you're coming from and but it it is what it is. We You got over it eventually. I mean, I know then between 08 and 2012, You won multiple international medals and championships. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are a five-time world champion. Nothing to shy at. Like, that's incredible. Um, So, like, what – so, after – like, how did you bounce back from something like that? Because that's a very easy hole. Again, another pivot. That's an easy hole. Someone can just be like, all right, swimming was fun, but this clearly isn't for me. And you can kind of go down that depression spiral and never come back from it. But clearly, you did. Um, So, what what did you do to, A, get out of that, and then, B – not just get out of it, but then continue to excel into becoming a world champion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I will say I, I did experience depression. I did experience. Oh, there goodness. were a yeah. lot of um, – it, it, it was a trying time in that period. But there were a few things, again, um, between family, between um, just – Learning and, and having spaces and people to talk to, learning how to share, learning how to work through that, that really transformed it. And then also good old Coach Ray saying, hey, swimming fixes everything. Just get back <laughs> in the water. Uh, you know, so I did get back in the water. I did train. I did uh, look to go to world championships in 2009. And I, I was training well. And um, again, a pivot point that was actually sort of a blessing in disguise. I got the swine flu. oh no
0: i forgot about swine flu
1: i got i know i know blast in the past i got i got the swine flu and so i wasn't able to go to um uh to world championship trials i ended up taking off that summer and that actually kind of forced a break that i needed to really step back and assess i think um what i did immediately after games was basically saying okay what's done is done we're fine move on and as i tried to just do what i'd always done which was ignore the feelings ignore the concerns just shove it all, all away i instead said okay well i'm being forced to kind of sit and do nothing and i can either go one of two ways i can keep going down this kind of spiral and, and depression um or i can start to say all right that, i can get some help i can see where i want to go and more importantly, I can see who I want to be in this next journey and define that. And so in that forced time off, got some more clarity, an opportunity to train in California, present itself. We know it's community.
0: in California.
1: I know, we know there are beaches in California. There are beaches the in California. And so you're always going to be joyful and happy in California. Uh, and, and that's that's what happened. I um, Ray was great and he said, hey, let's try something different. Went out and trained with a new coach and a new program in California. And um I think it was was the new environment, new and fresh environment mm-hmm. that I needed to come back to um, you know, just that that blissful enjoyment of the water mm-hmm. that I had experienced early in my career.
0: Change what well, change of scenery, right? Like you hear about it all the time in football, baseball, basketball. Um you don't hear about it too often in swimming. Right. So like it, I could totally understand. And also, I mean, nothing against Virginia, but I mean, California, come on, right? Like what's not to love about Southern California. It seems like the coolest place on earth. So um, that's awesome. And yeah, we're very happy that you were able to do that. Kind of set yourself again, remembering you're 20 years old when you're at the Olympics. Nineteen years old, whatever it is. Um, I mean, what what was I doing at twenty? I don't know, partying in college. Like I couldn't have been able to do all that and all those things you did, and then have that, you know, very um, uh, epiphany like. I uh, know a very uh inspirational epiphany you know have that opportunity come and realize like okay this is what I need to do and then you know at 21 22 be like right, I'm just gonna move to the other side of the country because this is probably what, like that's that's very heavy for you know someone that young uh to really come to terms with figure out and then actually execute on. um so I mean congratulations shout out to you um for doing what you're doing um so during that time in California, you know, as it sounds like you kind of recaptured that bliss, um, and then won out and won some championships. So how many did you win in between um, the games and the the second time around the second Olympic games? Yeah, I have one. Because I have five written down total. I don't know when those were won exactly. I could check your Wikipedia page, but I'd rather just ask you.
1: Yeah, so I won two in 2005, two in 2007, and then another in, oh, this might be us. <laughs> We're going to go off <laughs> off the script right now, uh, and you can ask, re- re-ask this question. I'm going to have to think one. When
0: was no, I'm leaving this in Kate. This is oh, too good. Dear me. This is too good. This oh, is too good. No. All right, so one was one in between there. But you did win yes. multiple international medals as well yes. in between that spot. So again, you're still top of your game. You're still crushing it against the biggest and best competition. Yeah, 100% leaving that in just so people can laugh. But okay, um, okay, okay. with with that happening, like with the games coming around a second time, what what was that like? Did any of those memories Kind of creep their way back into your mind a little bit or were, were you sufficiently far enough away that you were just like that was 20 year old Kate that was a long time ago I've done so much more I've become such a better bigger person um since then like what what was that internal dialogue like a little bit
1: yeah I, I think that there was that absolutely I'd be lying if I said there was mm-hmm. n- not any um any thought of it or of course yeah or or even just from a competitive side saying like okay i want to prove to myself um that that i i i have these goals and i can achieve them because i you know that from an early age was always what drove me was just showing up racing to the best of my ability and oh by the way if that Result in a medal, like cool, and if not, then okay, I want a best time, I'm a competitor, I wanna win, but I, I, as corny as it says, like I really wanted to just go best times. Um, and so I think that it was there, but I felt like in 2012, I had tools. Mm-hmm. I had people, I had the ability to say, Hey, this is showing up. I'm now aware of it. Cause at 20 years ago, it was all new. I had no idea. So I'm, I'm 24 and I'm saying, Hey, right now I'm, for some reason I'm feeling really anxious. Oh, okay. Let's talk about this. Let's get that out. Let's move on. And then let's come back to, okay, what's the, what's the bigger goal. And that is to perform to the best of my ability. And at the end of the day, whatever that result is, it doesn't, affect who I am. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. As your parents said, we're
1: just racing my best good human
0: uh, being. Yeah. That's, that is the goal. And no awareness is once I, I didn't find awareness till probably a couple years ago. Um, but once you find it and actually can figure out what that means and how to use it for your best of your ability, I mean, it's an easy thing to say it, but actually to do it, um, that was really cool when I can actually utilize it and be like, Oh, I'm thinking negative thoughts. Negative thoughts don't help. Spin it positive. Okay, now let's think that thought. And then moving forward, everything becomes a lot easier. So I think that that's great. And again, at such a young age, being able to figure that out, having that support system, having that team, having that beautiful California sun probably helped as well. Um, but that is fantastic. So being on the podium consistently and and winning an, a world championship in between that time, I'm assuming there is a couple national championships just kind of Mm -hmm. scattered in there as well Mm -hmm. um qualifying for the games it's in london it's a little bit closer speaking the language is probably pretty nice um what was the second time around like and how how much better did you feel about yourself or even just those days leading up to that competition because as last time you said every day you use more and more energy just through stress what was that second time around like
1: Second time was very interesting. So the first time, because I was swimming the 400 freestyle, which was within the first couple of days of the games, um, I couldn't go to opening ceremonies. Mm-hmm. The second mm-hmm. time though, I was just swimming 800, which was at the very end of the competition. So I had the opportunity to get, walk with the team. Michael, it was the coolest night of my life. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely incredible from the get go, just being in the village, you know, uh we're all in our Olympic garb and uh standing there, taking pictures with LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and the best of the best. And you know, you're look, I'm I'm an Olympian, I'm a great swimmer at the time, but I'm like, no way. Like, yeah, that people is awesome. are legit. Yeah. Like, right? And um so I'm just I'm just soaking it all in and with my incredible teammates and um we're walking to the stadium and you could just see the glow of the stadium in the distance and you could hear that hush roar of the crowd. And as we got closer and closer, um, you know, the team USA just starts chanting USA, USA, USA. And, and it was one of those moments standing on the threshold of the Olympic stadium where kind of like in that last 50 of the 1500 meter freestyle breaking the world record. It was like, everything is coming together. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is everything I've worked for, everything, every sacrifice I made, but more so every sacrifice my parents made, my coach, everyone who supported me. um, It was that lightness, those wings, not the pressure and the heaviness, Mm -hmm. but just the pure joy. And then the announcer, um, said welcome to the United States of America and we blew into that stadium and it just blew up and sounds and joy and screams and jumping up and down like little kids on Christmas day like we are just it was unbelievable that experience and I was so grateful to have that um but unfortunately the next morning I woke up feeling pretty ill oh no and um so, uh, well, so, gosh. so just
0: for, just for context, I've mm-hmm. spoken with a couple of athletes about this. It's not like you just kind of stand outside the stadium and go in, you're outside for like multiple hours. You're walking multiple miles, correct? Yeah. Like it's, it's not quite just like, all right, here we are. It's, it's a very, as you said, you could see the stadium in the distance, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. So this is a, probably a mile walk to the stadium, uh, miles just kind of wandering around, walking the stadium to and from, and it's, you know, you're starting early. It's probably a six, Hour, whoa, or do, all mm-hmm. on your feet, so it, it it is long, yeah. Um, and so I chalked it up when I woke up the next morning with those aches and chills and uh, feeling off. I chalked it up to like, hey, day was hard before, sleep it off, but I took the naps, so I did everything I could, and I was just knocked out. And unfortunately, um, the docs say flu and. The flu again,
0: it came back and got you again. Oh goodness.
1: So I have an interesting relationship with the flu. When I was 13 on my first nationals got the flu, I got the swine flu, got the flu at Olympics flu just likes me. I don't know. Um, But you know what? I look back on that and um, I am able to look back and say now, Hey, unfortunate turn of events. And still the most incredible experience in my life Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to win a medal for the Olympics to be legit. It was now like, Hey, I'm going to tell you, I was heartbroken, devastated. Oh my goodness. To have it snatched away because I was training so well and I was so focused and I was in such a positive space. And, and so that was devastating, but it was also, um, it was also, despite that, Outcomes, such a different experience than Beijing Mm -hmm. and everything that I had hoped an Olympics could be Mm
0: -hmm. that is awesome I'm glad you got the opportunity to walk in the um, opening ceremony everybody every time someone describes it to me it is I I get you know hair stands up on my back it just sounds like the coolest experience ever Um, so I'm very very happy that you had that opportunity that is super unfortunate that the flu came back and bit you again Um, hopefully you haven't had it since just because it's that seems excessive, but, um, it is what it is. And it just seems like, yeah, your headspace the second time around seemed much, much better than the first time around where I, I, you know, finishing where you did whatever, most people will consider it the same because you didn't win a medal. Um, but at the same time, you seem like it was a much better experience, even though yes, you were heartbroken and it was kind of taken from you rather than you just underperforming. Um, it still seems like a pretty darn cool experience so now it sounds like you're very open and saying yes i'm a two-time olympic athlete yes it's a lot better that way
1: yeah yeah and you know it's it's been a really interesting journey to getting to this point where um i am i am so proud of being an olympian i'm so proud and so grateful that i got the chance to represent my country not just at the olympic games but at so many international competitions i'm so grateful for the people who made that possible um because it it, swimming is a fairly individual sport we do have relays but it's fairly individual but there's nothing individual about being successful at swimming Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so I'm, i'm just so fortunate to have had those people and i think to say um that the olympics to to disregard the olympics just because there wasn't a medal is to say um that the rest of that career Mm -hmm. was for naught and there's nothing true of that
0: yeah that's crazy again i i it's it's frustrating uh from my standpoint where the only thing that matters to like the public and the media is the medals um why not just consider again like it's you're one of the greatest athletes in the world that year hands down those four years hands down um i like looking at it like that i think it's 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 more more enjoyable when you look at it as a celebration um than, well did you win a medal well yeah. there's only three people that win a medal an event like i mean geez what about sure. the other 15 20 however big the event is um it's still pretty darn cool that they made it, right? I think yeah. that's cool. And representing your country. I think that that's extremely important as well. Um, so congratulations, two-time Olympian Kate Ziegler. Um, so after the 12 games, uh, you took a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I have written down clarity, confidence, consistency, so I want to get back get to that. But what was – I mean – especially with what sounds like really great headspace, as I said before that you're in, why did you decide to take a break at this time at 24 years old? Mm -hmm. That seems like you're kind of in the prime of your career. I don't know swimming that well, so I can't comment too hard, but what was the reason for, for wanting to kind of take a step back from swimming at that time?
1: Yeah, Uh, I, I felt in a good space, but I also realized that at that time, um, I didn't feel the need to do anything else in swimming.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I just pretty kinda, darn good. Like yeah, world I, record I, I, holder, world champion, uh, two-time Olympic athlete. I mean, that's That resume is pretty darn good already. So yeah, I can get that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and for so much of my career, I had said, you know, I really, um, I want to do it for the right reasons. I, I want to do it because I just want to go best times because I love the water because I love to be with my teammates because I love to see, Challenge my body and the pride and the joy that I get after a killer practice um, But that I have just Done a phenomenal job on I like I love mm. those components of it. I love being committed to something bigger than myself I love all of that and um, I wasn't experiencing that anymore in swimming and so after spending so many years pushing myself to do something that I Was doing for the wrong reasons. I realized hey I'm going to take some time away. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily retired, but it just means that right now this is not where my heart is. And I had the incredible opportunity to travel the world as a sports ambassador. Um, I worked with Wounded Warriors and the Red Cross and um, a lot of military athletes who swam with the European Special Forces Swim League over in Europe. Wow, I got cool. to do clinics with them and meet them and hear their stories, and um, it, it, it was it was really, I think, probably the perfect break that I could have ever gotten because I saw that joy and 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 love of the sport. I saw how it impacted people mm-hmm. and um, impacted families, you know, parents who were off serving our country, calling in to watch on Skype, just their kids swim mm-hmm. just to see those moments and how swimming unified people in such a beautiful way. And um, and so to be a part of that, to serve in a new role in the sport as kind of a mentor, as um, hearing their stories, as hearing the stories of the wounded service members who came back and were competing at swim meets and coached them. Um, it just gave me a different perspective on really life, but certainly the sport of swimming, which mm-hmm. then allowed me to come back when I chose to, um, to really come back with even a different, even better mindset mm-hmm. than I left with.
0: Mm-hmm. And so when was the comeback?
1: Yeah. So I came back in 2015. Okay. So January of 2015, I came, I moved from Virginia to live in Knoxville, Tennessee, to train with the University of Tennessee postgraduate swim team.
0: Very cool. All right. Uh, rock the mm-hmm. top. Um, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Good stuff. And then, so, you had those couple years off. Sounds like you really enjoyed it. You learned a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. You helped a lot of people. That's always important, as your parents said. Just be a good person. Then you can be a good swimmer. Um, and then, what, what was that comeback like? And was the, I assume, you were attempting for a third Olympic Games, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was there were two purposes to that. Um, the first was that despite the fact that I left after London, um, feeling like I didn't have to do anything more in sport. I also didn't leave with a piece. Mm -hmm. Um, it felt like I hadn't had closure. There were still some things that I wanted to do on a personal level with the sport and, um, my relationship with the water really Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of feel that and experience something different and almost, uh, swim again like that little six-year-old girl Mm -hmm. that's what i wanted to have have um in the sport of swimming when i came back in 2015 and when i left in 2016 that was what success was going to look like for me and on top of that if it happened to also result in a third olympics great Um, but no longer did i need a third olympics Mm -hmm. to feel like i'm a good person you know i didn't Uh need that that uh triumphant redemption story Mm -hmm. and so um came back and that's part of what brought me to the university of tennessee was that matt kredich phenomenal coach even better human being uh he was someone who i knew coached people first and athletes second Mm -hmm. and um i wanted to be a part of that environment i wanted to hopefully if if i could as humbly as possible um you know help the next generation, these college athletes who were coming through, I was you know, only 26, 27 at the time. But still, if, if there was something I could do to help them, I loved being a part of that environment. Um, I loved being able to swim different events. He was like, hey, you wanna swim 100 freestyle? Sure, let's give it a shot. You See know? what happens. So it was, it, I was able to experiment my career and I hadn't done that in a long time. And so um, that's what brought me back. And that's what I left with at the end of my career mm-hmm. in uh, 2016 at Olympic Trials. Mm-hmm. Was my last
0: meet. How close were you to making the games?
1: Um, I n- not super close. So I ended up not swimming my. Okay, that might be I, a little
0: bit better. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: no, it, it was. Fo- you know what? Um, I ended up not swimming the 800, so I wasn't. I wasn't swimming my okay. time events, mm-hmm. and um, I was focusing more on shorter events, 200 free, and see what happened there. Um. And you know what, it was quite possibly, it was one of my proudest swims my entire career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I dove in the water knew, knowing that, um, you know, sometimes you're, it's, it's there and sometimes it's not. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a solid swim. But I know, it, I I knew, I knew where my training was at. And mm-hmm. I knew ha- where my body was at. And I was like, Okay. I'm the eternal optimist, mm-hmm. but I knew I wasn't quite there, but man, I fought with every last ounce that I ever had. And when I touched that wall, I knew that I'd given everything and that I could walk out with my head held high, knowing that I had finished on my terms. My family was in the stands. Um, great friends were there. And it was it was the culmination of, of a long storied career. And it ended just the way I think it should have.
0: There you go. Like, I mean, that is storybook. Let's make a movie about you, Kate. How does that sound? Let's make a movie. I have a friend that writes scripts. Oh, yeah, Let's right, make a movie right, about right. you. No, that's awesome. I mean, congratulations on being able to do that. Um, coming back essentially twice. Um, if you. Th- kind of want to count the the swine flu a little bit um i mean i think that that's incredible as you said kind of going out on your terms not not letting the flu dictate not letting um you know anxiety dictate you the person said okay i put it all out there unfortunately didn't happen today but i mean you were still at olympic trials let's remember that it's not like it's not like it was like some and not to you know it's i don't want to say a scrub event or anything but it's you were at you know, you were one step away, literally a single step away. And, you know, anything can break right on certain days, you know, as you found out multiple times, like things can break your way and you never know. So why not at least put it out there? And if you gave it all you got, I mean, what else can you really ask for at that point? Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No,
0: please. Thank you. I didn't do anything. (laughs) uh, it, it, It
1: was, it was really great. And, um, a teammate of mine who trained at university of tennessee molly hannis she got to make her first olympic game awesome there so, so, still, yeah. cool so you
0: still yeah so yeah that's awesome you know
1: and lots of my friends were there and who made the team and it, it was just it, it was a really great experience um and i'm glad because you know i, I hit a point in that in that time where i was kind of like huh i'm just ready to be done like i'm so happy like, this was but, fun but... but this was fun but i and and I thought for a minute, I was like, okay, I had made a promise to myself that I was never gonna swim just because I had to. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I said, you know, I could stop now. And I said, no, 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 I, you know, I really want to see this And I made a commitment to myself. This is where I want to go and this is how I want to go out. Um, and so I was also just proud of myself to to be there in that moment and with all those great people. And um, it, it, like I said, the media might not write that as a storybook ending but for me it it was
0: exactly the media is the worst so let's not even oh, wow. worry about them but um no i think that's awesome and i mean again look at the time that you put in you started swimming at six you started um you know what was that 13 you started waking up at three forty-five in the morning 12, yeah i yeah 12 i think you put in your time very well deserved ending if that's how you we went out and that's how you liked it we love it too. Don't yeah. worry. I think that's oh. fantastic. So, um, so that's 2016 around the May June time frame uh, uh, with the Olympics coming up. You are now currently a high performance coach and a speaker. So this is only four years later um, mm-hmm. after that uh, after the 2016 Olympic trials. When did you realize, or when did you start to going down this career path to wanting to just help other people improve themselves and better themselves?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, so after I finished my swimming career, I went and went to graduate school and I got my MBA master's business administration. And, um, from I, was uh, from university of Tennessee, okay, so I cool. stayed, yeah, mm-hmm. I stayed there. And, um, I concentrated in marketing and entrepreneurship and innovation. And I had the idea that I would just go into corporate America. I, I had a great summer internship. Um, working in brand management but there was something about that that just didn't feel like it clicked was it soul
0: sucking by any chance was corporate america not quite for you kate for
1: me it didn't feel like a fit and so and so you know you said something earlier michael about uh self-awareness is so key and i had learned from those experiences in swimming that self-awareness is not just the key self-awareness and action and so mm-hmm. what I had to realize was I was feeling something for a reason <laughs> and I needed to honor that. And so at the same time, two friends of mine, um, Rebecca Sony and Caroline Burkle, who uh, are also Olympians, they had started a program called rise working with um, high school aged athletes on the mindset side of sport. Uh, we all three amongst many, many Olympians, I'm sure you've heard it on other, in other interviews, um, had really experienced the challenges and the battle of the mind, um, in sport. And so we started talking, they had started this program mentoring and asked if I would like to join on as their first official mentor. So I'm doing that while in corporate America and saying, I don't think this is for me. And so just started to pivot towards, um, that and seeing if another pivot, Yep.
0: Another yep. pivot. Yep. Look at that. And,
1: and I think that that that's it. It's just being open to those pivots. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying you know, hey, look. For so much of my career, I had four years blocked off and scheduled. Right. Mm-hmm. I knew where the Olympics was, and then backed it up, and I knew where I'd be every single day. And I think when you're a planner by nature, when you're a goal oriented person, it can be so easy to say, wait, but this is the plan. This this surprise was not a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. I need to just stick to the plan. And what I've come to learn is that pivot is part of the plan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) It's saying, Hey, I have this awareness. I thought I was going this direction. I thought I was going into brand management, but maybe I'm actually leaning more on the entrepreneurship side of my business degree and I'm going to go down this route. Mm -hmm. And that's what I ended up doing, shifting towards that, um, getting more involved in the mentoring. And then one thing led to the next. I think this oftentimes when you you start to honor where you're being led, uh, more and more opportunities open up. And so mm-hmm. speaking started opening up more coaching opportunities. Um, and when I talk about high performance, one of the things that I'm so passionate about is not just the outcome. It's not just the medal, right? Mm-hmm, We've mm-hmm. talked about this all yep. interview long. It's not just about the outcome. In fact, that doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> I want you to achieve your vision of success. Of course, yeah. But I think when we focus on the process, when we focus on being holistic in the process, when we focus on you know diet and exercise and mental and emotional, when we look at all those components, we create a performance that is you showing up at your best in all arenas of life. Mm-hmm. So you're competitive sports, sure, but also in your relationships. in when, you know, Michael, you and your girlfriend, when you show up, you're an incredible podcaster interviewer you. doing, a just doing a great job. Love your questions. So you're, you're so good at that. Are you a great boyfriend? Are you a great, you know, individual person? Yeah. Are you a great, how do we help you be at your best in all those capacities and in all those arenas of life? Um, and that's what I got to experience with Rebecca and Caroline and their coaching. And, and that's what, was the springboard mm-hmm. launch me into this career and the speaking same thing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Thankfully you got out of corporate America. I did that very, very quickly. Honestly, the Not only time company. I was, uh, way. I was, uh, I, was, no, I was in an, in, I was in an internship. Honestly, okay. that was the last time I was in like a cubicle, like mm-hmm. office, okay. like legitimate office setting. And I was just like, people do this. Hmm. and like you got to do what you got to do I'm not here to judge or say that it's right or wrong people love it and that's great sometimes that's for somebody but for me like no like I cannot do that that is just not that's not my personality that's not my I I I do not have those skills like that's not for me my poor brother goes for goes through it right now he wakes up every day and he's just like I can't wait for Friday. I was like, dude, it's Monday. Like, what about Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday? He's like, no, 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 I can't wait for Friday. It's like, that's crazy to me. And like, I mean, obviously nothing's perfect. And again, you have bills, you have a family, like I'm not here to say what's right and what's wrong. You have to do what you have to do or what you think is right. But for me, it was very quickly understanding, no, not gonna do that. Um, Took a very heavy entrepreneurial job, turns out it wasn't quite for me so I pivoted to just open up my own business and now I love it and now it's the best and every day I wake up I'm excited um and then I get to do stuff like this where in corporate America can you record a podcast at 10 o'clock in the morning no you're in some meeting to talk about a meeting that you're gonna have next week right so it's it is what it is but yes gotta love those meetings they're the best (laughs) meetings um what a waste of time but yeah I mean it's. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate it. And I just think, you know, what you're doing is fantastic. I mean, I truly believe in that, you know, high performance uh, coaching aspect. I have a business coach and he is extremely instrumental in what I do and how I've been able to get to where I am and then, you know, where I'm going. But I agree with you. I always thought it was very um, kind of hokey when someone's like, oh, don't, you know, it's the grind. You have to really like the grind and the process. And Mm -hmm. if you attach something to an outcome, and I was always just like, well, if you don't attach something to an outcome, how can you achieve anything and now I totally understand like no you have to enjoy the process because if you always are shooting for the outcome you're going to get to the outcome and be like well you know could have done a little bit better so you'll always kind of be behind the eight ball in that in that regard and understanding that the process is if you can make it fun you'll just continue to do the process right like you'll just continue to do what you're doing and you'll continue to improve and you'll continue to be happy and be good and all aspects of your life if you're eating correctly i'm a pretty okay boyfriend we are engaged but i don't like to use fiance so we no we stick with boyfriend girlfriend i don't like fiance yeah Yeah, i don't know yeah it's weird it's i don't like that word i'll go with wife my wife but that's that's in the future um but yeah i mean it's just actually enjoying the process it took a little while for me to finally get there but now that i'm here it's way more fun this way because now you can enjoy the whole thing rather than just looking forward to something and not enjoying what's actually happening right in front of you, right?
1: Sure, exactly. And I, I think, you know, I don't want uh, listeners to hear this and say like, oh, she's saying outcomes don't matter at all.
0: No, well, I mean, they obviously no. matter, yeah. You know, it's, and, it's how and you get I, to the outcome, right? Like, it's right. the way there is the important part.
1: Right, right. Because I think when when you have that clarity of vision, when you know where you're aiming towards, and you are you have a process in place where you – know where you need to be and what you need to do and why you're doing it, you're able to consistently show up at your best. And it just so happens that you tend to hit the outcome, hey. if not even a bit further. But when we become so focused on the outcome, then it oftentimes results in this pressure and being very siloed in our efforts. And, um, and, you know, coming back to that word, I'm not as open to the pivots of life mm-hmm. yeah. because you're like, wait, I was aiming at that outcome. And if I go this way, then it might take me this way and this it, And, all of a sudden we just become stagnant, still Mm -hmm. complacent or so convicted that it was only this way that we're not allowing ourselves to really live and experience and be open to something perhaps even better than that original
0: outcome. Absolutely. I've had some interesting things happen to me already just this year where it Mm -hmm. seemed like bad news, but now it's actually looking like pretty awesome news. So like we'll roll with it. If things happen, they happen. So it's pretty cool. Um, But no, I totally agree. Just all the opportunities. I try and say yes to everything pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like if someone's like, Hey, do you want to do this? Yep a hundred percent let's go. Mm. Um, and that has opened up so many more doors and so many more opportunities and it's just more enjoyable. I mean, it's kind of fun, not really knowing what's going to happen, right? Like, mm. you know what you need to do, but you don't really know what that is going to happen. If you do what you're supposed to do, it's like in a sport like, you do what you're supposed to do, but you never really know what's going to happen until mm-hmm. we finally get there and then, you know, take it for what it is. Um, then the last thing I want to talk about, I know you, it's very important to you, Girls Inc. If you mm-hmm. could tell me a little bit about this foundation, this charity and what it means to you and what they do and how you've been able to help them out um, these last you know, few months, years, weeks, however long it's been.
1: Yeah, yeah. Girls Inc. is an incredible organization really working to empower and inspire girls and young women to help them envision more for themselves um, and mm-hmm. to achieve those dreams. And Love they focus, up, a lot of their efforts are within kind of the STEM, um, science, tech, okay. and, and math. But but they're helping girls, um, many of whom are coming from um, lower self, socioeconomic statuses, um, tougher parts of town. They're really providing safe, empowering environments for them to thrive. And it, it, it's really incredible. You know, I, I heard from, I was at a, uh, I volunteered, um, went and visited a group at a middle school recently, and I was talking to a young girl, 12 years old, who, um, I, I was sharing some of my Olympic story, and sharing some experiences that I had had, actually, with some bullying, and um, I shared that with her, and she came up to me afterwards, tears in her eyes, and she said, I'm,
2: I'm being bullied
1: right now talked about it and and asked her about kind of what's life like and and where does she feel joy where does she feel happiness where does she feel confidence and she said the one and only place is when i come to Crawls inc because this Aww. group everyone mm-hmm. is so and she said this is the place where i'm allowed to dream this is the place where i'm allowed to be myself this is where you know and i just thought man my heart breaks for her but at the yeah same and in the same time Thank goodness she has this space, mm-hmm. right? And um, one of the volunteers, she, I was talking to her and she said, I was never told in my life that I could ever dream or be anything. And I thought, oh my goodness, what a great privilege I had mm-hmm. that I had that coach, that I had those parents, yeah. that I had those teammates who said, hey, you can go for it. You know, your dream uh, to make the Olympics, well, the odds of that happening are 0.0013%, apparently. Someone once oh, told me that okay. statistic. That's a good
0: statistic. Olympics. To um, Write that down,
1: but go for it after all. Right. Like maybe you're that .0013. And to have had that in my life, I now realize so many people don't. And so if I can encourage these girls, if I can support them through my story and, and through just being a listening ear, you know, you don't have to do a lot Just mm-hmm. show up, love, care, listen, play some games. <laughs> um,
0: Sounds like a nice. blast yeah, yeah. that
1: 's the, the greatest honor i 've got
0: yeah so. we we i will i will i mean obviously never uh was an olympian, but I, I came from a very good background, came from a very supportive family. They were pretty much just like, dude, do whatever you want to do, like you only get to do this thing once, like okay. yeah, make money, but it 's not the end all be all you can do a lot of things and make money, so who cares so i 'm very grateful for for my background, my support, my family, my friends um but no it's just it 's just you never really think about it because I grew up with it, right, like my whole life mm-hmm. it was go to college, then, you know, go do something you want to do. It should be fun. Um, a lot of people don't get that opportunity. And, and while it's very unfortunate, obviously, um, it's also awesome that you have the opportunity to be that voice, to be that light, um, that they can look towards and and give them those opportunities. Because I mean, whether you're there or not, they didn't have that before and now you are here and now they have it. So yes, it sinks that they don't, but it's, it's also great that you give them that opportunity. So I think that's awesome, Kate. So thank you. It sounds like you are a better person than an athlete. So that's kind of cool too. Yeah. Your parents, they had something right that whole time.
1: That Don and Kathy, they <laughs> were on at something.
0: Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Um, Kate, this was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'm pretty much good if you're good. Like this was wonderful. I sincerely appreciate your time. One last time, Kate Ziegler, USA Swimming, two-time Olympian, better person than an athlete, mindset mentor, current high performance coach, speaker. You're going to send me all the information for your social medias and your websites. And you, I'm assuming you're, if you haven't wrote a book already, it's on the way. So give me all that information. I'll put it in there so everyone can see it, hear it, and then they can go follow you. Kate, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Michael. Awesome.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Kate Ziegler. Please go follow her on all her socials. Check out the website. Check out her business and what she is doing. Um, Make sure to check out our stuff too. Everything's going to be in the uh, show notes, so make sure to follow that. Click those buttons and do all you can there. Please rate, review, subscribe. Do whatever you have to do so more people can hear these incredible, incredible stories. And yeah, I mean, that's it. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you make it a wonderful day.